Welcome back to Held and Healed. This is going to be quite a journey and an adventure together, and I am very excited to be able to introduce you in the coming weeks and months to some of my favorite heroes and sheroes of the faith, advocates for abuse victims and pastors, leaders, um, authors. There's just some amazing people that I've met in my journey and I will be introducing them to you. I would like for my podcast to be a resource of resources. That is one of my goals, is just to have a place where you can come and see the names of so many amazing people who are healing and reaching out um, to the brokenhearted and being a place of safety and hope and healing for many. So today I'm just going to continue with a little bit of introduction. Um, I I started my first podcast just kind of sharing from my heart. And today I'm actually going to be reading to you a couple of my blogs Um, because they're already written, they're already out there, and they express why I'm so passionate about doing what I do. And you can refer back to them if you want to send like a written post to someone who maybe doesn't listen to podcasts, you would have access to these. So you just simply go to heather-elizabeth.com and my blog is right now on the the first page there. That may change in time, but for right now, my blog is the first thing that pops up and you can just scroll down and find these posts. But for today, just by means of introduction to give you a little bit more backstory, Um, I wanted to share a post that I wrote a couple of months ago called That's Not God, Exposing Spiritual Abuse and Calling the Brokenhearted Back to the Father. So again, my disclaimer is that I love God and I love Jesus with all of my heart. And I um, never, never want anyone to think that I am cursing him or blaming him for what has happened in my life. He has been my constant. He has been my rescuer. He has been my savior. He has been my father, my best friend, my confidant. And if you are not in a place right now where you feel like you can say those things, it's okay. Like God understands. He understands your wounding. He understands your pain and your brokenness. And he understands the questions that we have. So Um, Don't be afraid to just be honest with him and throw those things back at him because he can take it. So again, coming to this post, that's not God. Exposing spiritual abuse and calling the brokenhearted back to the Father. Introduction. I endured spiritual abuse for nearly four decades, long before I even knew it had a name long before I could define spiritual narcissism, long before I knew I had worth, long before I had courage to speak up against such, insert the word here, that may or may not be in my book title and is often abbreviated with the letters B and S. As a teen, I watched as many of my friends walked away from church and God. They were wounded and the church treated them as lepers, talked about them behind closed doors, shunned them publicly, and falsely accused them of things they did not do. This particular institution called people to confess their deepest, darkest secrets, then used that information against these vulnerable souls. I would now call that spiritual blackmail. All caps. That's not God. Mere men played the role, 
that only God should assume, and 30 years later, most of those who were abused are still carrying deep scars. Forgiveness was not sought by the leaders who wounded them. I remember sitting in one pastor's office, begging him to seek out one who was hurt. He just smiled at me and sent me on my way. The person I was advocating for is still one of the most heartbroken souls I know. I often wonder what might be different if that leader had confessed the heinous sin committed and sought forgiveness. I was brainwashed and under a spell. I would now call it a cult. There are so many expectations. Most were quote-unquote unwritten rules. The focus was on public appearances and the lack for care for what went on behind closed doors was unbiblical and negligent. All caps, that's not God. I once believed I was called to be a bridge back to an institution. I now understand how warped and twisted that way of thinking was. Now I accept a much higher calling. I'm here to call the broken, weary, misunderstood, and condemned back to the heart of Father God. I recently heard the story of a young woman who was sexually molested by her grandfather. After he did unmentionable things to her, he would sing, How Great Thou Art. That song, written to declare the goodness and faithfulness of God, became a trigger that set her off and evoked emotional and physical reactions for years to come. Again, in all caps, that's not God. I'm here to call out the BS that goes on in his name and invite others to consider how broken his heart is each time someone uses his name and his word to beat up, maim, condemn, or curse another human being. I stand on God's word and his character. He is good, faithful, loving, merciful, gracious, and compassionate. He alone is the reason that I am still alive. He stood with me in the fires and carried me through the floods. While many turned from him because of the abuse suffered in his name, I was able to run into his arms for safety and refuge. I am here to testify to his goodness. I am here to extend love to all who are weary, brokenhearted, and disillusioned. I will not be naming names of individuals or institutions. In this collection, I will be sharing anonymous stories of brave souls who have been wounded by the very ones who were supposed to protect, nurture, love, and honor them. If you have a story to share, feel free to message me. I will listen and help you see how grieved God's heart is by the abuse you've endured. I know this topic makes many feel uncomfortable. If you're a leader and you have used your position of power to willfully wound others, you will not like this message. If you're a leader and you have unintentionally hurt others, I pray this message will encourage you to seek forgiveness from them and to move toward reconciliation. No one is perfect, but there are many who are knowingly abusing those who are in their care, and I say enough is enough. I pray that victims of spiritual abuse will feel validated, seen, heard, and loved. That is the reason I am stepping out to begin this project. Time is short. We do not know what tomorrow holds. I'm desperate to see hearts restored to the Father. I raise my voice for the ones who have been wounded in the deepest crevices of their souls. I call you back to the one who saw it all, heard it all, and whose heart broke when your heart broke. When you were abused rejected and cast out by men and women who used his word to beat you up, that's not God. 
when you were sexually abused by a pastor or a youth pastor. That's not God. When you were told if you wanted to honor God, you would return to your adulterous and abusive spouse. That's not God. When your abuser was coddled and embraced and you were blamed for his sin, that's not God. When you were set aside because you were physically sick and not cared for by the church that you served for years, that's not God. When you were overlooked for a ministry you were qualified for just because you didn't have a college degree, that's not God. When you were taught that abortion is wrong, but you faced excommunication for a pregnancy before marriage, that's not God. When you were rejected by the quote-unquote in-crowd at church, that's not God. When you were judged for battling mental illness, but never pointed to healing resources, that's not God. This collection may take some time to write, and I thank each one who is willing to share their story to empower others. I invite you on this journey back to the heart of the perfect and loving Father. His arms are open wide. His heart is revealed here. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That comes from Matthew 11 verses 25 through 28 and that is the NIV translation. If you're a Christian woman who is rebuilding your life after abuse, please join us on Facebook. Just search out Held and Healed Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse and you will find our group. There are a couple questions you need to answer to come into the group to ensure your safety as you do so, and then you will be able to glean from many resources that I have been compiling in that group. So that's just an introductory post um, that kind of shares some of the things that um, I have walked through. And then last week, I wrote another post called I Survived Spiritual Abuse. And so in this post, I am kind of laying out just some examples of what spiritual abuse looks like, how it manifests itself, and why I am in the place where I am right now where walking away from church was the best thing I could do to heal. I'm not saying that I will never be a part of church again, but just right now for this season and this place that I'm at, that's what I needed to do to heal. And that is the case for many abuse survivors who come to uh, the faith community for help and receive instead this abuse that I'm describing. So if that's you, just know there's no condemnation, that God is with you and you can grow your relationship with him. Um, We are all called. We are all called to be cultivating our relationship with God in the private moments of our lives and then gathering with one or two other safe people and sharing the goodness of God and opening scripture, breaking bread, all those things. So this post is also in my blog. It's called I Survive Spiritual Abuse. And my disclaimer, I will read it again because it's here in this post. Disclaimer, I love Jesus with all my heart. I know he loves me. I know he is good and I know he has been with me every single day of my life. I can distinguish between him and his word and the acts of those who use him and his word to control and destroy others. 
I left a religious system that is broken and destructive to follow a Savior who is loving and redeeming. I gather weekly with others who love him and who encourage me and hold me accountable. I am not forsaking the gathering, and I have desire to be part of community that lives out Acts 2 verses 42 through 45. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were brought together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. I'm here to share parts of my story. While I'm not ready to share all, I am sharing the reasons why I no longer attend traditional church. I have many layers of trauma associated with religious institutions and I'm healing. It's unwise to continue to return to the place where trauma occurred. If someone were involved in a shooting, we would not insist that they continue participating in shootings. My trauma wounds come not from firearms, but from leaders who weaponized God and his word to abuse me and who turned blind eyes to other abuses being committed against me. Apart from two short-lived seasons of life, all my church experiences have been toxic and filled with spiritual abuse. I just did not know spiritual abuse was a thing until about 10 years ago. It took me several more years to shake off the chains and walk away. I once believed that I was called to be a bridge back to a religious institution. I watched so many wounded souls get chewed up and spit out by the church, and they abandoned their faith altogether. Finally, my eyes were opened and I realized I am called to be a bridge back to Jesus, not a toxic institution. I've spoken with hundreds of dear people who love Jesus and genuinely want to grow in their faith, but who have no desire whatsoever to darken the doorstep of a church. I get that. I really do. Spiritual abuse. I attended church several times a week for 45 years. I grew up in a conservative evangelical community that was very legalistic. Pretty much anything would send you straight to hell. Or so I was taught. Sadly, I adopted a lot of those teachings and regurgitated most of what I heard from pulpits and platforms. I was taught not to question leaders or authority and march to the drumbeat set for me. I was indoctrinated in a plethora of denominations, Church of the Nazarene, Assemblies of God, Mennonite, Baptist, and non-denominational. These churches may be under different denominations, but the experiences I had at each one shared a common denominator, spiritual abuse. Simply put, spiritual abuse occurs when a spiritual leader uses his or her position to manipulate, control, blackmail, or abuse another. Some examples of spiritual abuse that I witnessed were the twisting and misrepresenting scriptures, manipulating people to give finances, using congregants' skills, services, or expertise without compensation while leaders collected a hefty salary, forcing victims to stay with abusers, allowing abusers and adulterers to serve in leadership positions, encouraging members to open up about generational curses and personal sins, and later using that information against them, 
and allowing convicted sex offenders to be in the church without informing the congregation of that danger. There are many ways that spiritual abuse is manifested, and I have heard stories that turn my stomach and break my heart. Narcissism. Narcissism is rampant in churches. Narcissistic qualities may include possessing an exaggerated sense of self-importance or sense of entitlement, needing admiration, exaggerating and lying to puff up self, taking over conversations and discussions, manipulating, having a public persona and a private persona. Think about the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing here. Lacking true empathy, willing to take advantage of others, using gaslighting and projection to control others. This list is not exhaustive and it may take years for a licensed therapist to diagnose narcissism, but it's important to discuss these realities so that others can be spared further abuse. There are certain professions that attract narcissists because they are given power and control over others. When I did a search on the top choices, clergy was the first one mentioned. This does not mean that every person who is in a clergy role is a narcissist, but it is quite easy for someone to use their position to harm others. At most churches I attended, there were leaders who used their positions of power in destructive ways. They stood behind pulpits each week, and most congregants accepted what they said as if God himself was speaking the words. Very few church members would research God's word or look at the context or original language of passage. A humble leader encourages his congregation to study the word and to question anything he says if it is not in line with God's character and written word. Patriarchy and misogyny. In my experiences, many churches were led by men and women Sorry, let me start that over. In my experiences, many churches were led by men, and women were not honored or respected as equals. Many sermons about marriage shamed or blamed wives while excusing abusive behaviors in husbands. The concept of submission was misrepresented and was a pass for men to mistreat their wives. Patriarchy and misogyny were rampant. And since I was a woman, I was put in my place time and time again. I was often ignored by leaders in public. They would even look at the floor when they passed by me. Hierarchy. There was a hierarchy, a chain of command, the quote-unquote in-crowd. And trust me, I was never in that club. I was told I could never quote-unquote process down, which meant if I was going through something difficult, I was to take it to those who were quote unquote, above me, and not share with my own small group, which was, quote unquote, below me. Sorry, please excuse the train. It's coming through. (laughs) What the actual heck? Once I offered to pray for a pastor's wife. Her father was sick, and I knew she was genuinely concerned. I was told by this leader, I cannot process down. At another church, I beheld the stomach-churning reality of celebrity pastors. Again, what the actual heck. In the kingdom of God, there is Jesus at the top, then the rest of us, 
That is it. It's really that simple. There's no other need for a ladder within the kingdom. Jesus sits on the throne and his followers bow at his feet. We should never bow at the feet of another human being. Victim shaming. When the realities of what was going on in my home were brought to leadership's attention, I was punished for my abuser's sins. I was removed from leadership opportunities while my abuser was not. I was told that if I did X, Y, and Z, my abuser would change, placing the full weight of someone else's sin squarely on my shoulders. There's so much more to this story. What went on in my home was vile and grievous, but being blamed for that abuse by the leaders I looked up to as spiritual fathers and big brothers crushed my heart even more. I can now share about my marriage without tearing up, but when I speak, begin to speak about the way my leaders treated me, I weep every time. Wolves are welcome. Most recently, I poured my heart out to a pastor, sharing about the years of abuse I had endured at home and church, thinking I had finally found a safe harbor. (laughs) I asked what his church's stance was on abuse, and he said, the abuser and the abuse are welcomed here. I did not understand at that moment, but I would soon learn that statement is not biblical. The abuser and the abused are welcome here. It's not biblical, not in the least. God's word has much to say about abuse and abusers. Jesus stood up for the abused and he stood up against the abusers, which were wolves. Sadly, most churches do not follow his lead in this way. If you or someone you love is in an abusive relationship, I caution you against going to the church for help. I, along with countless others, have been re-traumatized by the church Most pastors and lay leaders are not trained to recognize domestic violence or trauma and do not have the skills to help. I advise you to reach out to a licensed therapist who is trauma-informed and domestic violence-informed. Research, again, the power and control wheel to understand the many ways that abuse is manifested. Just do an online search, type in power and control wheel. That will pop up and your eyes will be open to many, many things. At each church, I did my best to love God and love others. I showed up to love and be loved. I showed up to serve and use the gifts that God had placed within me. I was eager and willing, and my heart was for anyone else who felt abused, set aside, unworthy, not good enough. When I saw injustice, I spoke up against it. I was told not to pick up the offenses of others. When I was concerned about why a leader left in the dark of night, I was told not to ask questions. When I saw a physical need and presented a solution to meet it, I was told that the person needed to suffer so she could quote unquote find Jesus. When I got out of my seat on a Sunday morning to pray with a friend who was sitting alone, I was told people need to come to the altar. We should not go to them. So... I left church to follow Jesus, and I've never felt closer to him than I do now. I've spent the last year getting to know him more intimately, digging deeper into passages within the Bible that were once used against me, and learning so much more about the context and the heart of God. I've gained some incredible connections with survivors, advocates, counselors, and leaders who are domestic violence-informed and trauma-informed. I left the scene of the accident 
so I could begin to heal. I'm not saying I will never attend traditional church again because I have learned to never say never. My heart and my home welcome those who are weary, broken, and bleeding. Again, if you're a Christian woman rebuilding after abuse, please join us on Facebook at Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. If you're a woman who loves others and wants to learn how to help and not hurt, this is a great place to begin. I share the resources that have helped me on my healing journey. We're building community and seeing the transformation of truth setting women free. And finally, a shorter post that I wrote to follow up that. A year ago, I left church to follow Jesus. I left religion to pursue relationship. I left spiritual narcissism to find freedom. I left patriarchy to rest in my father's arms. I left misogyny to find my value as a woman. I left exhaustion to experience rest. I left confusion to bask in clarity. I left chaos to breathe in peace. I left darkness to walk in joy. Matthew 18.20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I've been blessed by some precious two or more gatherings in the past year that have been intimate, powerful, and anointed. I'm intentional about meeting face-to-face with others who love God and who have the fruit of the Spirit evident in their lives. We meet, we talk, we discuss scripture, we eat, we share a cup of tea, we pray, we laugh, we cry. These gatherings remind me of Acts 2 verses 42 through 45. If you've experienced abuse, ridicule, shame, blame, or judgment from a religious institution, I am so sorry. I assure you that's not God. I left church to follow Jesus. I know this statement will make some people extremely uncomfortable, but church represents trauma, pain, abuse, misogyny, and patriarchy to me. At this point in my journey, this is what I must do to heal. So I don't know where you are this morning or today on your journey. If you are feeling unsafe in uh, religious institutions, but I just want to say that it is okay to step away from places of pain so that you can begin to experience and walk in your healing. So we're going to come back next week and begin to talk about and break down some things like the power and the control wheel. We're going to begin to look at the differences between disappointing, difficult, and destructive marriages. And then in the middle of the month, we're going to begin introducing um, and interviewing some of these amazing advocates. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your ear and for your heart. Thank you for sharing this with anybody that you know it would resonate with. We are truly held and healed. And I pray that this message reaches you today and gives you hope that Jesus loves you, he sees you, he sees everything that has been said and done to you, and that you are held and healed.